Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Now, on with the show. I'm all set. It was very real, by the way. The trip itself was real or the... I didn't sit brokenhearted. You say that a lot. Hi. Hi. Hey, it's doctors hey. Mike and Diana. Good morning. Uh, maybe for some people while they're listening to this. Yeah. Um, good, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. You don't start a conversation by saying good night, though. That's true. It's like, hey, good morning. Yeah. Do you have a moment to talk about Jesus? You don't say, hey, good night. Can I talk to you about something? Yeah, that's true. Because good night is the final, like, yeah. when you're going to sleep, you say good night. Do you ever end a Waking conversation? Waking up is good morning. Yeah. That means you're starting. Yeah, but after a conversation, could you be like, all right, I'll see you later. Good morning. No. Mm-hmm. But it would also be weird to say good night in the morning to end a conversation. Anyways, this is the kind of fun, psychology-filled banter yeah. you'll find. What's the psychology behind that? Classic, classic Dr. Mike and Diana mm. back I think that's going to go on our best of album. Yeah. Now totally. that's what I call psychology volume 10. <laughs> Kids bop. Kids bop. Just children talking. Just like us. Just vulgar stuff. Yeah. Salt. Real salty. Real salty children. Real raunchy kids. Okay. So. Speaking of raunchy, have you heard about any raunchy stuff lately? (laughs) (laughs) That was a real leading question. I talked to my mom on the phone the other day and um, she's, she's doing okay, but she struggles with dementia, possibly Alzheimer's. We're still not sure, but it's, it's, uh, it's going quick. But she said, Diana, I need to tell you, I had a raunchy dream about you last night. And I said, what? She goes, I'll tell you about it later. And I was like, okay, well, I don't Your know. Your father's here. I'll talk to you later. You know, I know. I was like, who's in the room? Like, what yeah. What could you possibly say? So then I didn't bring it up. And then like three days later. Oh, she, weird. You didn't want to talk about it? No. I, and then I told you and you laughed really hard. Yeah. And then I we're texting a couple of days later, totally unrelated. And she goes, the dream I had was about you and Mike. <laughs> and I blew past it. I was oh. like, Nope, I'm gonna just keep on going. Jesus Christ. That's, so that's what she's thinking about us. That's how my week has been. Yeah. On a scale of one to your mom having a sex dream about you. <laughs> how was your week been? <laughs> it's been okay. Uh, uh. So this is Reverse Psychology, the podcast. Yeah. um, This is a psychology comedy podcast. Mm -hmm. It's salty. Salty. Mm -hmm. What else do you want to say about it? If if this feels too salty, toss a half a potato in it and it'll absorb some of the salt. That's true. It does. That does work. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we talk about all things psychology. Hopefully we stay on topic. Hopefully. Oh, I mean, we're only, what episode number is this? 30 something. Yeah. So not all things psychology, but Most eventually we will, maybe. Psychology. maybe. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think eventually we're going to hit the end of psychology. Yeah. Like the end of the internet. I just saw a topic idea that could be a whole series. There's an article in the psychology today from yesterday. So hmm. psychology yesterday <laughs> said, what happens during a, a sexual seizure? So it's it's when you have a seizure oh. that leads into an orgasm. I've never seen that. Have you? Or the vice versa. Sometimes you have an orgasm so hard that you have a seizure. I've had that. What? <laughs> really? No. Oh. Are you serious? 
Well, I know you've never been with a man before me, so I was trying to play back the dozens of raunchy times we've had Speaking together. Speaking of not having been with a man before you, um, the only only man you should have had before me is you, the Lord Jesus Christ and my dad. And what? no, I mean, <laughs> that's not what, what era do you think this is? I meant like be in love. I mean, <laughs> it's getting worse. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean do my dad. I just mean wishing I could do my dad. <laughs> no, that's not what I but meant. But my mom was always around. It's like how your dad gives you away to your husband, you know? We did have a specific wedding ceremony where your dad kissed you on the lips and then nope. s- slowly transferred you to me and then I kissed you on the lips. Nope. We didn't have any of that. My dad already gave me away the first time. Yeah. <laughs> didn't stick. Yeah. But then your first husband brought back the receipt. What? <laughs> I'd like to make a return, please. Aw. Oh, you returned yourself. Both. It was, it was a mutual ways. returning. It was a more me than him. You, but you a, brought your ex-husband back to his parents and said, like, to make a return. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, speaking of uh, past sex and weirdness, um, mm-hmm. we watched... All sex is weird. Eighth grade. Ugh. Uh, I mean, it's a little... It's like two years old now, but we had to stop it because it, it was so traumatizing for us. It's If you haven't seen it, it's about a really awkward... Um, who wasn't? Am I right? A really awkward girl in eighth yeah. grade. Like an actual... It's played by an actual girl yeah. in eighth grade. Yeah. Well, I don't know how old she was when it, it filmed, but... Yeah, she, she was. I actually, I was reading the trivia and it said that she was in eighth grade. It was like between eighth and ninth grade when she filmed it. And then she wrapped up filming, went back to school, tried out for her school play and didn't get it. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. So she was, a, she, she was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, but that school is pretty competitive, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> well... Um, um, we don't really feel like you can capture the hello dolly spirit but it was heartbreaking on yeah. so many levels yeah. the right when we stopped it is when there was like a shooting drill and i had to get under their desks mm-hmm. and then she crawled over to the popular guy that she liked she had previously heard that he broke up with his girlfriend because she wouldn't send him nudes so she and she's like she won like most quietest she's like pretty socially awkward she crawls over to him and is like oh it's just going through my what is she, she's like oh i'm so embarrassed i went on my phone but actually i opened my nudes folder uh, and the guy was like you have nudes she's like oh yeah they're just for my boyfriend i mean i don't have a boyfriend but if i had one i would give him nudes uh, and then he was a, he was a charming dude though he handled it well because <laughs> he goes oh cool do you do blowjobs and then she said, yeah, I give the best blowjobs. Oh, and then she went home and Googled, Googled how it. to do a go- blowjob. I did Google how to give good cunnilingus a number of different times in my life. You did? <laughs> yeah. Aw. Well, your Google search worked. Good. Thank God I didn't use Bing. Hopefully my dad doesn't listen to this one of all the episodes he chooses. Your dad wasn't to. aware that we had more than one episode. So. Well, whatever. St- sorry, dad, if you are. Hey, do you... Um, I think we have a couple reviews do yeah. you want to save them for next time? Let's save them for Let's next time. Let's save them and do like an onslaught of them. If you haven't reviewed us yet and you want to review us, get it in before next week so yeah, that we can read them. We can read them. If you have a review, but you don't want to review us, at least leave a review saying that you don't want to review us. <laughs> that would actually be hilarious if we had a bunch of reviews saying, I did not want to do this. <laughs> I would. But five stars. Yeah. Five stars. I did not want to do this. Yeah. That's all that matters. Really. I am doing this under duress. Okay. So... I uh, what is you do that a lot what is that it's from lost in translation oh yeah from that like little asian person sitting next to bill murray in the hospital we should watch that again okay on to today's topic 
You, I'm excited for you to react to this and to give all of your thoughts about all of my it. smells. Dissociative identity disorder. Mm, right? I'm excited. Are you? Yeah. Okay, two things made me want to do this today. Well, I kind of always think about doing this one, but it's big. It's big. It's big. It's um, and I just listened to what, what's that podcast I listen to? How Stuff Got Made? No. What You're Wrong About? No, that I do listen to that one, but it's like stuff you know, stuff. Oh, you, stuff you should know. Stuff you should know. Yeah, stuff yeah. you should know. There's a lot of podcasts with that same name ish, so yes. I get them all confused. Yeah, even in that network, there's a bunch of them. It's like stuff you should know, stuff you missed in history class, stuff your mom yeah, ever told right. you. That's right. That's right. Stuff to put up your butt. You were stuff you were wrong about. Stuff you're wrong about. Stuff, stuff you were right about, which is boring. Stuff reverse psychology. Stuff. Yeah, yeah we're pitching it. <laughs> stuff you're reverse psychology about. So what do you know? I mean, you probably know a lot, but give me a like a little capsule of knowledge about DID. DID, sometimes referred to as multiple personality disorder. Yeah. It, it, inaccurately. It's not what it is. Okay. I know that what people think DID is, is very unlikely to actually be a thing. Um, but what DID really is, is actually it happens. And I've, I've seen it. And often it's a response to really prolonged and severe trauma. Okay. I feel like I'm talking uh, around the uh, the outskirts of it. You are. You're dancing around I it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want this capsule to knock knock out this topic in one one fell swoop. First, I'm going to tell you what it is in the current DSM. Okay. Tell me what it is and tell me what it is not. It's defined. Okay. I'm just gonna. This is gonna. I'm just gonna power through it. I'm just gonna read it. I'll do use my best best reading voice. Okay. I was pretty good when I had to read out loud in class. I would usually like when the teacher asked for volunteers, I would always read my hand, and I would always get a good like a good job. I was oh. pretty good at reading out loud. I do like that you called it winning. I used to win a good job. I teacher. said win. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay, DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, is defined in the fifth edition of the DSM-5. doesn't say that. I'm abbreviating for brevity purposes. Okay. Um, oh, abbreviating and brevity. So those two Do this come together? Are. Okay, it's as an identity disruption indicated by the presence of two or more distinct personality states. In parentheses, experienced as possession in some cultures. Mm-hmm. With discontinuity in sense of self and agency and with variations in affect, behavior, consciousness, memory, perception, cognition, or sensory motor functioning. Individuals with DID experience recurrent gaps in autobiographical memory. The signs and symptoms of DID may be observed by others or reported by the individual. DSM-5 stipulates that symptoms cause significant distress and are not attributable to accepted cultural or religious practices. It's a complex post-traumatic developmental disorder. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't say before, Stuff You Should Know. Is that the right yep. name of the podcast? Stuff You Should Know. Just um, They didn't. I was listening back to a lot of their earlier episodes. They did a episode on Satanic Panic, which I was listening oh, to. Such a good band. And it brings up a lot of things that were... They brought up a lot of things that I want to talk about related to DID. Satanic Panic <laughs> at the Disco. You're right. There are three types of dissociative disorders defined in the DSM. Okay. Do you know them? No, actually. First one in the DSM related to dissociation is dissociative amnesia. Is that like a, a fugue state? Kind of. Yeah, it is a fugue state. So the onset for an am- 
amnesic episode is usually sudden. Episode can last minutes, hours, days, or rarely months or years. That's like one thing that is in the DSM related to dissociation. Disassociation? Dissociation. I say dissociation. I think it's... Like this association, but with a D. Dissociative. Dissociative. I remember by saying, oh, this association. (laughs) Okay. The next one is depersonalization disorder. It's a really common feature in trauma-based stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of have some, I kind of dissociate sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I don't have a, (laughs) I don't have a disorder. Fine though. I can stop anytime I want. I have a lot of disorders, just not this one. Uh, This disorder involves ongoing feelings of detachment from actions, feelings, thoughts, and sensations as if they were watching a movie. So you're kind of like watching your own life depersonalized. You're like, you're withdrawn. You're just kind of watching things, not interacting. Sometimes other people and things may feel like people and things in the world around them are unreal (laughs) derealization um a person may experience depersonalization derealization or both okay so it can be minutes to years as well when those features happen in ptsd it makes trauma therapy really difficult not impossible but difficult their relationship with reality is Mm -hmm. and it usually is at least with ptsd it's usually brought out under stress because it's your brain it's like a a self-protective thing for your brain and so if you're doing trauma work, which is usually going under stress and learning to tolerate it, if you go too quickly, the brain will uh, dissociate and then mm. you, you basically have to stop because they're, they're no longer in the room hmm. mentally. This is your brain, frying pan. This is your brain on drugs, frying pan, eggs. This yep. is your brain dissociating, an empty frying pan. A what? An, an em- empty frying pan. No frying pan. No frying pan, egg all over the counter. <laughs> Okay. And this is what your friends do. <laughs> and then this is your what happens to your money. It doesn't, don't you start flipping out and smashing stuff with the pregnant? Oh, nope. Uh-uh. That's the newer I, version. Oh, wait. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. The third one is dissociative identity disorder. Did. Formerly known as multiple personality disorder. Uh, I guess we'll say right here that multiple personality disorder in the DSM-3 and changed to DID in dsm-4 because there's not so much of a difference in diagnosis as much as there is a difference in conceptualization of what it actually is so it's not it's not additive it's reductive so people think multiple personality disorder has the implication that like we're adding on personalities did is like it's your one personality is fractured into yes. different. I really like how you how you put that. Thank you. You're welcome. No, that, I, I've never heard it put that way, but that's really, really accurate mm-hmm. because multiple personality, it's like, oh, I'm Dr. Mike until I get stressed and then I'm Hector, the orange salesman, and I speak Spanish. And it's like this view of, oh, when I like get this way, I have this new personality with these new skills. When, mm. when really it's, oh, I'm Dr. Mike. And then when I get put under stress, I dissociate and I can't remember things and I'm like not as present. It's like a blackout. Hmm. Yeah, 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 right. So formerly known as multiple personality disorder, it's characterized by alternating between multiple identities. A person may feel like one or more voices are trying to take control of their head in their head often these identities may have unique names characteristics mannerisms and voices people with did will experience gaps in memory of everyday events personal information and trauma this actually came from the national alliance on mental health so the information i just nami um nami so basically i think this is like a spectrum 
right? So if you have dissociative disorders, like it goes from amnesia to all the way through um, DID. If you think that DID is a real thing. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I was looking at just for funsies, looking at Psychology Today articles. Mm. So I'll say this. There are different schools of thought. Some people feel very strongly that DID is a disorder that exists. And some people strongly believe. And these are all people in the field, all people with same levels of education. So medical doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists. It's strange that there's such a debate and controversy but there's multiple people on each side that keep writing articles back and forth, like mm. proving or disproving, I guess, the existence of DID. I feel like when I come across people in the field interpersonally who are less than reputable, I feel like 95% of them somewhere on their CV or in the first meeting tell me that they specialize in multiple personality disorders. Well, it also doesn't help that in some of the articles I was reading, some of the prescribed treatments for DID are EMDR, yeah. which is something else that we're, is it's not, not empirical. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're just, we're fighting a lot of battles here. All right. So I'm just going to go into the controversy. A just bit. go into the controversy. Start from the beginning. So why do you think this is controversial? I'm going to ask you that. I think it's controversial because it's how people talk about it as not a real thing. And I think that, I think feel like this happens. Why do you think that people want it? Or why do you think that people believe it's a real thing? If it is a real for thing. For some people, because it's a cool thing for other people, because it's the sunk cost fallacy almost where they put so much time and energy and they pronounce it. Like I specialize in this, that they, they want it to be more real than it actually is. If I like, tell people I found a unicorn, I'm going to specialize in unicorns. And then I'm so emphatic about it and build my life around that. And right. then people are like, unicorns aren't real. I'm like, you're not, you're not real. This is real, this is real as shit. Yeah. And then I show you a picture of a horse with a horn glued on its forehead. <laughs> so do you think that it's, I guess this is a leading question, but do you think this is sociocultural, sociocultural form formulation? I know what that means, but... For everyone else. <laughs> what does that mean? So I guess, okay, so going back to, and again, they didn't, in that podcast episode I was talking about, they didn't talk about how satanic panic was related to kind of this idea of DID. But in terms of like the sociocultural phenomenon associated with it, I think there were a lot of movies, a lot of books, and a lot of um, transitional times in the 80s and 90s. I mean, even though the history of this like showed up, I think the earliest case was documented in like the 1500s. But we've had years the, of... The satanic panic? No, no, no. The DID. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of the exorcism stuff. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. So like it's like we've had iterations of this problems. for years. So it, it, it was like bizarre behavior was classified as like, well, that must be multiple personality. And then it was like hysteria, the wandering womb. That was another personality. Mm. And then it was like witches and you know they were like all of that like the sort of the like the zeitgeist of the times sort of dictated how and in a lot of ways dictated how we think about psychology and the kind of the ugly history of psychology and like what it's super ugly 
Well, I'm serious, right? No, like, I'm, I'm serious. It is very ugly. I mean, like, so one of the things they're talking about in terms of the satanic panic is this, like, that idea of like uncovered trauma memory and unco- un- spontaneously it? recovered memories. Yes, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Spontaneously recovered memory. So, like, so it's sort of this like idea that I was in a cult. I only was able to recover this through my work with a therapist mm-hmm. and I've been exposed to lots of trauma and I need to, uh, I need my parents to go to jail kind of thing. Like, yeah. and so I need justice to be done. Yeah. So this, and that was, I mean, that's been largely disproven that like the whole memory thing that we, I think we talked about that. In a previous yes. Episode. Yeah, spon- spontaneously recovered memories are often found to be yeah not accurate. Right. And like a lot of people suffered as a result. But I think this also has a parallel with the dissociative identity where. Right. Which is when, what I was trying to say. When people struggle with DID or just just are dissociative, they are very uh, suggestible. Right. And so if you are in a very religious family and under a lot of stress and you dissociate and then they are like you you have satan in you like you're very suggestible they'll be like oh totally i am satan should i talk about arguments for did first or arguments against did first make the arguments for okay and then slash them down (laughs) okay so it's funny as you say that because i very much have a bias uh, about what i believe about this based on my educational upbringing and (laughs) (laughs) based on being educated i have an opinion i mean there's really educated people who talk and write about this as if it's a real thing i don't think the evidence is there and i'm much more likely to side with the science part of things about all you know what i'm just gonna try to be unbiased and present the presenting this and i'll leave it up to the i do like that you're honest about your bias though for sure. You're not going in it saying, this is a fair and balanced look at this. No, I'm totally one way <laughs> about this. And I think it's kind of uh, an aside, but it reminds me that it, a lot of times in qualitative research, people will state their bias up front. In the beginning of the article, they'll say, I'm, you know, so-and-so, I've done this research here's my orientation, my, mm-hmm. you know, research orientation. Here's what I believe. Da, 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 da. And then here's my article, which I think, I think should be adopted for quantitative research in soft sciences as well. Oh yeah. Anyways. Okay. Let's talk about why it does exist. Well, before, sorry, <laughs> just talked about how I was going to do that. Okay. Before I talk about that, I want to just tell you, this is directly from a, an article by Paulette Gillig, 2009, in the journal Psychiatry. She talks about the typical patient with DID. Okay. Okay. Typical patient is diagnosed with who's diagnosed with DID is a woman about age 30. A retrospective review of that patient's history will reveal onset of dissociative symptoms at age five to ten. Okay. With emergence of alters, so that's like different personalities, at about the age of six. Typically, by the time they're adults, DID patients report up to 16 alters. Mm. But most of these will fade quickly once treatment is begun. Yeah, once once they're called out on their bullshit. There is generally a reported history of child abuse with the frequency of sexual abuse being higher than the frequency of physical abuse. Patients mm-hmm. who have been diagnosed with DID frequently report chronic suicidal feelings with some attempts. Sexual promiscuity is frequent, but patients usually report decreased libido and an inability to who orgasm. Um, some patients report that they dress in clothing of the opposite gender or that they themselves are of the opposite gender. Patients 
often report extrasensory experiences related to dissociative symptoms, some kind, sometimes called hallucinations. Blah, 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 blah. Um, mm, patients usually have periods of time for which they cannot account, may meet people who know them, but whom they do not recognize, and find clothes in their possessions that they don't recall purchasing and would not normally wear. Most DID... I would not wear that. Yeah. I must be sick. Yeah, I must be shopping with my other personality. Most DID Alters patients... be shopping, you know? Most DID patients come into treatment because of effective psychotic-like or somatic symptoms. Many of them are referrals from emergency rooms. Okay, so now you know what a typical patient looks like. Oh, wait, is this for or against? <laughs> This is okay. Even the even the articles in favor of it. No, no, I'll tell you the one. Okay, all right. So, so, so here's the here's a here's a four one. Okay, so this is Bethany Brand et al. 2016. BB Harvard Review of Psychiatry. It's not your you know. Not little. Not your little podunk journal. It's not podunk Yale. Harvard. (laughs) Let's let's Um, let's put on some airs about this. They don't have majors. They have concentration. They state. The cost of ignorance about DID is high, not only for individual patients, but for the whole support system in which they reside. Ooh, already um, coming out shooting. Now they're saying like they have empirical information that has replaced outdated myths. Um, they want to make sure that we get the word out there. That's our that's our yeah. job. Hey, hey, we patented that word that's phrase. Our job. Okay, so they go through in their article and they just pick apart myth by myth by myth. So I I like when articles do that only because they clearly choose the easiest myth to knock down. It's like myth number one: dissociative identity disorder is spelled this way. Uh, it's actually not. <laughs> well, myth number one: DID is a fad. So they're they're saying okay. So they're saying it's not a fad because it's been included in the literature for hundreds of years. Already, it's been described, accepted, and included in four different editions of the DSM. That's a bit of a straw man. Yeah. So again. We have biases, right? So uh, we'll, myth we'll number two. Probably put those on the shelf. DID has been around for 30 years. <laughs> Fact, DID has been around for 35 years at the time of this writing. Okay, so one of their arguments that it exists is that the high number of publications speaks to the level of professional interest that it continues to attract. Interest doesn't mean it's true. I'm interested in the Loch Ness Monster. Well, if you do a Google search, the number of hits is related to how real it is. Okay. Okay, so then they're saying blah, 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 that... There's a lot of research on it. How many? How much does the Loch Ness monster exist? Oh, I didn't even look it up. Oh, I thought you were doing that. I know it's true. Loch Ness. Why wasn't the Loch Ness monster part of the Monstars? In um, or oh, the I, movie? I, I did spell it as Monstars. That's what I was saying. <laughs> or the movie Monster, starring Holly Berry and the Loch Ness monster. Holly Berry. In Monster? No, that was, that monster's, was monsters Ball. Monsters Ball. What if Monster? What if the Loch Ness monster was in all these monster movies? Was the Loch Ness monster at the Monster Mash? Uh, 9.5 million results, and they only took 0.6 seconds to find them. So oh, yep. take that, science. Uh, myth. The Loch Ness Monster was first reported in 1805. Fact. It was 1802. Okay, so then they say, myth two. Are you ready for this myth? I'm ready for the shit. DID is primarily diagnosed in North America by DID experts who overdiagnose the disorder. Myth. It's found globally yeah. where people over diagnose DID. So they're saying they have literature they have empirical data that DID is diagnosed around the world. It's actually underdiagnosed, they think. 
Based on what? With varying degrees. It's diagnosed around the world with varying degree with clinicians with varying degrees of experience with the disorder. Um, I would be concerned about people diagnosing the disorder if they had no experience with it. Yeah. Oh my God. So long. <laughs> mm. Myth number three, DID is rare. They I'm say, gonna guess that that's false. Well, they, they say, say it's false. They say everyone has it. Um, 1.1 to 1.5 of representative community samples, which is similar for bipolar disorder. Percentage? Based? Yeah. Is that true? Let's find out. Um, myth number four. DID is an iatrogenic disorder rather than a traumic, trauma-based disorder. Iatrogenic means 1%. what? 1%? Bipolar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right. So they're saying, okay, this is fucking crazy. I'm just going to say it. I know I'm biased, but they're saying DID is as common as bipolar disorder. Does that make sense? It makes sense that they're saying it. Yeah. It is not. I believe in my humble opinion. Oh, uh, R. Kelly. Oh, yeah. I I think he did it. Are you kidding? He for sure did it. Good. Poor Aaliyah. Oh, I have belief that they're they're incorrect. Okay. Do you know what iatrogenic means? No. Okay. Oh, that was honest. I have no reason to lie to you. Oh, thanks. Some people think that DID is iatrogenically created. Iatrogenically. There's no there's no context clues either in that sentence. I know. Well, iatrogenic means it's a product of it's it's created as a product of the environment due to like clinician practices. So uh, it would be like a therapist suggested it and like Mm -hmm. it came about as a result of that. Yeah. rather than an organic an organic um, problem that problem. We, yes. we then yeah. define oh so so basically iatrogenic they say comes from media portrayals of did suggestibility blah 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 so then they're saying no trauma researchers actually challenged this myth they say that they conducted a review of almost 1500 studies to determine whether there was more empirical support for the trauma model of dissociation. This is my one of my biggest problems with the field of DID is okay. that they are they're lumping together mm-hmm. a lot of stuff uh-huh. and being like it's all true. Right. It's all true. So it's like again the whole idea of like uh, unicorns where it's like oh myth unicorns are a fairy tale fact. We have found research to show that horses and unicorns are they exist and mm. it's like Yes, dissociation is a feature and it's super, it's a very common feature in borderline personality disorder, PTSD, depression, all these things. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, and because that's true, also people create these whole other personalities and they do this wacky stuff. It's like you're lumping together some stuff. You are on the same side as the people who have written why this doesn't exist. Because I wrote the article. No. no. I did not. You didn't. So they're saying there's a high correlation between trauma and dissociation. What's your favorite correlation that people mistake for causation? The correlation between preferences for raw tomatoes and being Jewish. Cool. What's your favorite correlation? That... Going to bed with your hair wet gives you pneumonia. Yeah, thank you for reminding me of my favorite yeah. <laughs> correlation. Um, the rates of turning on the dome light in your car and other cars crashing. Oh my God, that's your dad. Yeah. All right, so myth number five. DID is the same entity as borderline personality disorder. So they're saying that's a myth. And they give a lot of reasons why this is not that. DID is not the same as bipolar. 
I mean, bipolar, sorry, borderline personality disorder. Yeah, they say there's that. two distinct disorders. I don't okay. agree with that. Then they give evidence. Do, 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 do. Myth six, DID treatment is harmful to patients. So I don't know why that would prove that DID doesn't exist, but there are DID treatment guidelines. The DID experts who wrote the guidelines recommend a triphasic trauma-focused psychotherapy. Yeah. Okay, so they go through it and they say that it does exist and it works and blah, 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 blah. They do exist. Okay, so those were the six myths that they talk about. Okay. okay. So that's one group of researchers. Just to add some more color to my ire, which is green. Your ire is colorful. Thank you. A way to think about dissociation is it's a symptom that could also be its own problem. So it's like depression can be its own disorder but it also is really common in like trauma and personality disorders and things like that where just because you feel depressed doesn't mean you have depression and it's it shows up in a lot of different places dissociation is the same way where it can be its own like you can just be prone to dissociate or it's going to come up in other things so in your view what happens to children who experience trauma with children that experience trauma they are doing their very best for one, they're learning a lot. They're learning really quickly. So they tend to get this really warped view of the world mm -hmm. and learning expectations that are adaptive in the environment, but not super adaptive elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, loud noises means I'm going to experience pain soon. Or this is how adults treat children. And it's probably true in that household, but it's not always going to be true. The other thing is children going through trauma, they're trying to cope the best they can. They're trying to soothe the best they can. And so mm -hmm. that's a really common way to cope is to dissociate, is to just zone out. So they do dissociate. They just don't form an identity disorder yeah. as a result of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they black out. They're, they're, they go through the motions. And it's actually, they. I'm aware of, I don't remember names or anything, but like there's research on uh, neglect in children. And they found uh, dissociation in babies that are just like left to cry. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they're like, they will cry, cry, cry. Then, then they'll just like, stop and zone out and they are like they're dissociating and it can start that early where your brain is rapid going through like it's pre-programming of like how do i get this how do i soothe and they eventually gets on the list of like well just check out turn off your perceptions yeah. and and shut down a bit and shut down a bit so i was just reading something a study saying that children are more likely to dissociate if they it, as a result of trauma if they come from environments where a they're exposed to trauma and b there's an overly rigid authoritative parenting style hmm. so we can unpack that at another time okay. but one of the issues i kind of alluded to this that comes with did is that some people believe that it's therapist induced so not induced, but therapist suggested oh. um, model, which is the iatrogenic model. This it came on strong during the whole idea we we're talking about with recovered memories, spontaneously recovered memories. Mm -hmm. So this is the sociocognitive model. And it proposes that DID is due to a person consciously or unconsciously behaving in certain ways promoted by cultural stereotypes with unwitting therapists providing cues through improper therapeutic techniques. The behavior is enhanced by media portrayals of DID. That I do believe that in some some cases that I've seen in psych units, it's often the movie portrayal of it. So they're saying, yeah, and they're saying uh, in this article, they're saying that um, 
therapists, through the process of eliciting, conversing with, and identifying alters, shape or possibly create the diagnosis. I'm going to go back to the Gillig article in the journal Psychiatry. Okay. She's the one who describes the general presentation of it. In 1993, there were three researchers who concluded that DID was an epiphenomenon of borderline personality disorder. They, I can see that. They said they found few differences in symptoms between the two diagnoses. They described a syndrome of symptoms that occurs in persons with these types of personality disorders. They concluded DID had no unique clinical picture, no reliable laboratory tests, could not be successfully delimited from other disorders, had no unique natural history and no familial pattern. You know, and this is 1993. So, I mean, I guess the argument maybe is that... There's a lot of stuff going on in 93. Yeah, since then... Nirvana was at its peak. Yeah. They didn't had no idea what was about to happen. <laughs> So then there was another study later that said 70% of patients who had been diagnosed with multiple personality disorder, this was back when it was still called that, would just as likely by chart review meet criteria for borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. It's actually part of the criteria for borderline personality disorder is dissociation. Oh, there you go. It's, it's one possible criteria. So I already told you about Bethany Brand. Then in the Australian, so mm-hmm. I feel like this is like, well, let's see. So... The Bethany Brand, the argument that DID does exist, is in the Harvard Review of Psychiatry. Okay. Then another person who says it does exist, Martin Dorahi, Dorahi, Australian and New Zealand Journal of Psychiatry. Both? Yeah, it's together. They've put their differences aside? Yeah. So we have Harvard, we got Australian, New Zealand, then we had... Just old regular old psychiatry publishing mm. the article womp, womp. that it didn't exist, that it was a fictitious construct. Man, then are you ready for this last one? Highlights magazine. <laughs> oh, why your why your mommy isn't as crazy as you think she is? Aww. Also, can you find the difference between these two authors? <laughs> so the last article. So I picked two from each side. That's fair and balanced. So we got Harvard, New Zealand together. We got Psychiatry and Canadian Journal of Psychiatry. Now time for my own bias. I feel like out of all those you listed, I trust that one the most. (laughs) More than Harvard? Yeah. Harvard has a dark past. Canada, A-OK with me. Mm, Well, Justin Trudeau did do blackface. Yeah, but he's so innocent he didn't realize it was bad. All right. So they say... This is August Piper, which is, by the way, the best name. August Piper? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I wish I had a daughter so I could name her that. We can have a daughter and then give her a, a different last name than us. So she says, overall conclusion, literature shows there's no proof for the claim. DID results from childhood trauma. Condition cannot be reliably diagnosed. DID in cases in children are almost never reported. And consistent evidence... A blatant iatrogenesis appears in practices of some of the disorder's proponents. So they are saying it's a culture-bound iatrogenic condition. I'm just going to say, say it. I know I'm biased, but this article was the best written one. I told you I trust Canada the most. <laughs> um, bet- they say between 1993 and 1998, the principal dissociative disorders organization lost nearly one half of its members. I don't know if that's true or why, but they Wait, said what? It. The association... The principal organization of dissociative disorders lost nearly one half of its members. I don't know. Maybe membership dues went up. Wasn't it the same year of the Great Hall Fire of the Dissociative (laughs) Conference? In 1998, Dissociation, the journal of the dissociative disorders field, 
stopped being published. Okay. Um, so did a lot of local newspapers. Yeah, that's true. Print is dead. Print print and prints are both dead. And I mourn one more than the other. Various dissociative disorder units, I guess they mean hospitals, in Canada and the US have been closed down. Yeah, because on paper, it looks like there's a ton of patients, but it's just one person. <laughs> Um, insurance fraud much? All right. And then they say the U.S. appellate courts have repeatedly refused to accept DID or dissociative amnesia as a valid entry. Have they not seen primal fear? Right. Or... Uh, uh, Your Honor, Exhibit A and my only exhibit, we're going to watch this entire movie. Was that Edward Norton? That was Ed Norton and Richard <gasps> Oh, you know who consulted on that movie? The person from Towson? Yes. Yeah. Yes, who's the world's foremost expert at Towson University. Sorry, I love you, Towson, but you're not the foremost expert on anything if you work there. It's true. Uh, in soft sciences. I don't. I can't speak for everyone else. So they go through, I mean, basically they say the same thing, but one of my favorite things that they say is DID advocates vigorously defend the theory that the condition is caused by extreme childhood trauma. However, even if every DID patient were demonstrated to have suffered such trauma, that association standing alone would fail to prove that the trauma caused the disorder. That is true. We need to randomize kids and traumatize some of them. Well, that's the problem with this kind of research in general. But as far that they say, as far as we are aware, no study has ever shown that DID patients as a group have actually experienced repeated and overwhelming childhood maltreatment. If there is correlation... This shit's weak, bro. Um, it's weak. That, sh- that should be the title. That should be the abstract. <laughs> okay. The, the dissociative disorders literature contends that to trigger DID, insults must occur during a... Bon- vul- <laughs> He's in free to say. Um, insults must occur during a vulnerable period ending at about age 10. What minimum methodological requirements should an investigation satisfy to a support such such assertions they ask and is there an answer they were saying such indiscriminate limits have an effect on the the scientific value of of thinking that it's real okay so they came out horde against did and in fact yeah but get that right get it in your mouth yeah do you know that there's a high comorbidity meaning diagnosed in tandem with we couldn't use the word morbid anymore okay meaning diagnosed in tandem with right Mm -hmm. two at the same time what are your favorite comorbid (laughs) disorders uh my favorite comorbid disorders are personality disorder and eating disorder oh this is bipolar no god damn it Borderline personality disorder and DID are often co-occurring. Yep. Did you see the movie Sybil? No, I, I didn't know It's been on a list that I have in my phone for a while. Um, it's not. I feel like movies of that quality in that time just aren't easily accessible. Apparently, at one point, there was a streaming service that was just like old, really good movies, and it went under. And there's little priority on Netflix and the other streaming services to actually get like old, good movies. The best you can do now is like the old racist stuff from Disney. So, Sybil was based on a true story. Mm. Um, Sybil Shepard? <laughs> it's a pseudonym for a woman named Shirley Ardell Mason. Mm, that's better because that's not a good name for a movie. After that movie came out, there was an epidemic, air quotes, of the diagnosis. And later analyses of the case suggested different interpretations, ranging from Mason's problems having been caused by the therapeutic methods used by her psychiatrist or an inadvertent hoax due in part to the lucrative publishing rights. 
sense. Mm, I see that. Though this conclusion has been challenged. What else do I want to say? Oh, I want to ask you, um, you were saying in the beginning that the symptoms can be better understood as something else. Yeah. What did you mean by that? We have a standard of parsimony with diagnosis where... For one thing, it's clunky and clumsy to have something, have a diagnosis that is better explained or seems to be something that's already established. So like if every person that meets criteria for dissociative identity disorder also meets criteria for a borderline personality disorder, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to make sense to have two different diagnoses mm-hmm. when you can just diagnose them with a borderline personality disorder and then have a qualifier of they're more likely to be dissociative. So like... The PTSD diagnosis has that they did that relatively recently, where there's now the, the dissociation specifier mm-hmm. on PTSD because it, it doesn't make sense to, to diagnose it. The other thing too is that it, if it's better explained by something else, then we can treat it a little bit more effectively. So, like if you have epilepsy and that is causing dissociation, like the treatment's gonna be a lot different than talk therapy, probably. Much like if you have PTSD with, with dissociation, the trauma treatment looks different. And if you have a borderline personality disorder, like the treatment looks different from those two treatments. Mm-hmm. And so having its own name, it doesn't seem to add a lot of value. Whereas if you knew that as a specifier in other disorders that have really well-founded treatments, then it might work a little bit better. Well, I guess also, I mean, we've talked about this before, but there's very little, well, in my area, there's there's little treatment validity related to the diagnoses. Just because I know a kid, for example, has autism or has ADHD, I'm not going to treat, the treatment is going to be based on the behaviors they exhibit, not based on their diagnosis. That makes sense. But I think maybe for PTSD, it's a bit different. For PTSD, it is a bit different because just experiencing a trauma doesn't mean you're going to have PTSD. Mm -hmm. And so this is getting a little bit off topic, which we don't usually do. (laughs) Uh, So like if you came in, you said, I have this... So like I see this a lot where I work where people will come in and say, I have PTSD because I experienced X, Y, and Z trauma. And then through assessment, you find, no, you don't have PTSD, you have depression. Or mm-hmm. you or you have you do have a personality disorder. You have like a borderline personality disorder. Or you're just anxious. Mm-hmm. Like the treatment is very different based on... And, and a lot of that comes from like, well, what behaviors are you experiencing and when are you experiencing stuff? Mm-hmm. And so knowing the diagnosis is helpful because especially if I misdiagnose, so if I, even if I do the right treatment, but I still give them a PTSD diagnosis for whatever reason, but then I'm actually treating their depression. If they then go to a new therapist, the therapist sees their old chart and says, oh, okay, you're, you have PTSD. So we're going to do exposure therapy it's probably not going to be helpful because they actually don't have PTSD. They have depression. And so that's that's the value of hmm. a good diagnosis is good continuity of care. Plus, it's like a, important for insurance companies to be able to bill. All right. Well, I'm dissociating. So I, I guess... I can tell you were, <laughs> you were out of it. So what's the wrap up? Okay. So let me just say dissociation happens. Yes. I mean, it's going to be a good t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> we, Dr. Diana and Mike, don't think there's enough evidence to support that just because you're a child who experienced trauma and may have gone into some dissociative protective mm-hmm. what protective states, states um, doesn't mean that there's a, a disorder that's going to yeah. develop later called disassociative identity disorder. Also, okay, so I guess this begs the question, do you think that people who come in reporting like 16 different personalities are not telling the truth? 
I I'm always cautious to n- try to not go there of they're not like they're faking it or they're not telling the truth for them. I'm the, the only thing I can assume is for them. That's what they're experiencing. And it might be that they're, ex- I, I feel like the one or two times I've experienced that in the clinical world, they are experiencing uh, dissociations, mm-hmm. but they're also, that's the language they have to explain it. Mm-hmm. And then because they talk about it that way, they tend to take on more of the characteristics, more like a, the power of uh, suggestion. So it's been shaped. Yeah, it's been shaped. And so I, I, I will see people like, I've seen people who do do under stress dissociate, but then I see those same people be like, oh, when I get mad, like I'm no longer bath i'm karen and i'm angry and that fragmented personality style like i feel like that that is like that comes up in like a borderline personality disorder a lot which i feel like that might be need to be the next topic is what what, what does that mean yeah i can't believe you haven't done it yet i know because i love it so much that i've been holding off on it okay. i want to do it justice but yeah so i think that they're not faking it as much as they're using that as a coping strategy mm. but mm. i don't think that the experience is exactly what they say it is. Like, I, I don't think they're blacking out, becoming a different person with different splinter skills that they didn't originally have. Mm-hmm. And then they're coming out of it. Or like the very complex, like, there's a child inside of me and he knows about the bully, but the bully doesn't know about me. And then there's the the chef who, he only comes out around dinner time. It's like those things. I, <laughs> I don't think that that level of complexity actually happens i don't think i don't think our brain i don't see what coping wise that would do for our brains Mm. i i do see under extreme duress your brain turning off your frontal lobe which is your brakes Mm -hmm. and then you just getting really reactive and based in survival and so I, i can definitely see people who maybe with a trauma background they get triggered they get overwhelmed they black out they come back to and they've done a lot of stuff whether it's aggressive stuff or they just like were become extremely agreeable to stuff I, that makes sense to me that mm-hmm. that seems very very but not that it's a static ongoing personality that does that no no I, I don't think that makes sense where it's like you all like you flip and then all of a sudden you need to wear glasses and you have this whole backstory that's created and fabricated yeah i have 2040 vision Mm. in my other person yeah in my main person i have 2030 vision are either of those good I don't know. I, I have twenty twenty. My altar is from Britain. And so when I am in my altar, I drive. I get to drive on the other side of the road. Hey, um, hey. if you guys agree or don't agree with us, please write in. Tell yeah. us what you think. Yeah. Rev.psychcast. At gmail.com. Also, if you like us, rate us. Yeah, leave a little review. If you don't like us, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. First off, if you don't like us, why have you lasted this long? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, man. Sorry. This must be really tough for you. But I will say that leaving reviews is the best way to get new people to listen because it means that on iTunes, they will... When people look for a psychology podcast, it'll show up a lot higher. And so that it would be really helpful for us. That way, we don't have to resort to getting sponsors so then we can... <laughs> Resort to it, like like sponsors are knocking down our door. They're knocking, and we said no, no, we're gonna wait a little longer. We believe in our listeners. Yeah, we believe that they're gonna rate us enough where then people will find us organically. Yeah, right, totally. And leave us some cool reviews, and then we're gonna read them next week. Yep. Okay. Make them raunchy. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.
I want to. I kind of want to try to open this window, but okay. I'm afraid it's just a painted square. It, it's. I think it's it unopenable. Yeah. I feel like at one point I opened it. Probably. I can see all I the. I mean, there's a screen damage. on it. I know. Which is the funny part. It's hot. We live in a house that is held up by paint. Kind of a home at this point. We live in our. We live in our home that. Um, we. Uh, ooh, that that looks promising. And it's not going to go. Painted shut. Painted shut. Good news is probably no one can break into our house. Can I turn on a fan like right there? Is it going to be too loud? No. Okay. I'm going to go get a fan. You should bring a dat fan. The comedian from Last Comic Standing, I believe. Where's he been? I'm going to Google dat fan. Oh, he beat Ralphie May in Last Comic Standing. Oh, Ralphie May. Is Ralphie May still alive? Doesn't look like he should be. Oh, that's a bummer he's not. 